The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come off four. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. We're back to the episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. We are joined by the winner of the Skip Barber Formula iRacing Series Championship, Mikael God. And Mikael, first and foremost, thank you for your time. Of course, all the way over in Europe, the different time zones, we were able to make the interviews work out for you. But first and foremost, congratulations on winning a championship that has a lot of precedence when it comes to competing in the world of iRacing as well as real world racing. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Let's talk a little bit about the championship. You competed in the Skip Barber Formula iRacing series utilizing the iRacing Formula 4 car as part of a partnership with the Skip Barber Racing School. You collected multiple wins during the championship season, including, of course, the season finale, last race of the season of race number two at Sebring International Raceway, clinching your way into the points lead and the championship over Nicholas Mateo. Describe to us a little bit about this championship as well as the difficulty of competing in such a high-profile series that has some of the biggest names on the iRacing service from both eNASCAR competition as well as other major championships across the service. Yeah, I mean, I I just saw, like, there is some, like, um, advertisers on on iRacing when you're on the website, and I saw that series with five hundred thousand dollars in in the prize pool and i was like that that can't be true and then i read about it and it said like you would win a fully funded seat in in an f4 uh, in the us and i was like i I need i need to do that Uh, i've never driven formula cars before but i mean i had to try it and, and it went well hopefully it did. <laughs> I'm getting ready to say yeah. it certainly did. I mean, yeah, you were able, able to take up the championship, $500,000 <clears> guaranteed spot for an entire season of the Skip Barber Formula Series, which in and itself is a very difficult and challenging series, as well as hones in in some of the greatest up-and-coming talents. I mean, you had Joseph Newgard and Scott Speed, who all started their racing careers in this championship. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking so much forward to try it. I've, for two years, oh no, two days ago, I was trying um, the F4 car just in Denmark for the first time. And I mean, it surprised me how close it is to sim racing. I mean, it felt like it felt just like the real thing. It certainly is, and it's a, actually a, quite a very interesting car compared to what we are used to seeing with some of the other Formula cars that we have on the IA Racing service, but you're more well-known for your GT racing. Uh, looking over some of your career stats, just in 2022 alone, you competed in the 2022 Danish Championship, being the champion, of course, in best for this year, as well as a Daytona 24-hour GTD winner, and, of course, a Bothers 12-hour finish of the top 10, as well as a back-to-back Danish Championship when it comes to that, and even competed in the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's really different to drive like the Formula cars. Like you said, I I only drive GT and the Porsche Cup. Uh, like that's my main cars, but it was so fun to try a, a Formula car. And it's a bit of a different driving style, I would say. You need to like not trail brake as much. You need to coast more into the corner so the rear doesn't get you. But it was so fun to try. And also the other guys that participated in the series they're like real pros in formula cars so i had really good competition you certainly did and of course you have been a part of the iRacing service now for a few years you joined back in 2018 of january what made you want to get involved with sim racing um i've done karting when i was younger from when i was 10 years until i was 14 we we ran out out of money and i went to like a border school where you live in the school and with all your friends um and um i started to miss like racing i wanted to do karting again but it was too expensive and then i started to to look into i racing and i started to like do a bit in the weekends when i was home from school and then when i the when when the school year was finished i i like just went fully in on eye racing and and i started to become good and started to participate in in some high level competitions you certainly have competing in some of the officials or some of the eye racing championships such as the sports car open as well as one of the newest championships that eye racing has brought on with the partnership with bmw the bmw sim gt cup series competed at multiple different disciplines and was able to take home some strong and very strong performances. And as you look over these past couple of years coming on, of course, being in Denmark, you know, Denmark being home to a lot of well-known sim racers, as well as even drivers who've come out of that in the real world. How does this help you consider utilizing the comparison of both real world and the sim world to possibly pursue your career further? I mean, I have really good support here in Denmark. Um, uh, two years ago, I, I had a meeting with like the, the Danish motorsport organization and they wanted to, to help me through the, help me find sponsors to like cover the, the travel expensive and, and the insurance uh, of the car um, when I get to the US to, to race a real car. So, so I have really good um, support um, from, from my home country. Certainly, indeed. And of course, with your team, uh, Fira Sim Sports, uh, which is a well known sim racing yeah, team fire, here on the Fire Fires, Sim Sports. Yeah. Fire Sim Sports. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that sim racing team because that is also a well known sim racing organization here on the surface, especially on the sports car and endurance racing side. Yeah, I mean, um, in the past, I raced for BS competition, um, which I was also really happy with. Um, but there is like a Danish uh, racing driver. He wanted to make it fully Danish sim racing team. And he like, he came with an offer uh, for like all the Danish top guys that we couldn't say no to. So, so yeah, he, he basically brought us together and now we are racing under like a, a fully Danish team, which is, it's a really fun experience. So I think we've had some really good, results consider it's our first year together talk to us a little bit about the importance of sim racing teams i mean some people always have had that consideration we see it a lot in the e-nascar side we saw it also in some of the other world championships uh, the importance of having a sim racing team to be able to help 
in to build up your career as well as build up the career of others on the team? I mean, it's it's so important to be a part of a team. If if you are not a part of a team, it's nearly impossible to to do well in the competitions because you need to have some guys on your own level to to have a reference uh, when you when you practice for the races. And it's also much better to make setup for the big races when you are like five guys working on a car uh, compared to when when you're just yourself. So so yeah, it's it's so important. I don't think there is really any top guys that are not supported by their team. It's it's really, really important. So the next question we would have to probably ask now is, as we look ahead to you coming to the U.S., when do we expect you to come over to the U.S. to compete in the Skip Barber Formula Series? Um, I'm actually traveling in 10 days, the 15th of May, um, to do the, the licensing school. Uh, the six-day licensing school to to get my my racing license uh, to to be allowed to compete in in this series. Um, so that's in ten days, and the first round is the twenty seventh of May, I think. Yeah. So um, so it's quite soon. And of course, as we look ahead to this championship, of course, the Skip Barber Formula Series, it provides a lot of great tracks to race on. Of course, a lot of them you've already competed on this season with the iRacing Virtual Championship that we saw here. But what could we expect? How, how confident do you feel going into this championship? And what could you expect as far as learning from such a world renowned school? I mean, I'm. I feel I feel pretty confident actually, also because I, like I said two days ago, I, I had a test in in a really four car just here in Denmark, and I'm also gonna have one more test before before I'm traveling to the US. So so I feel like that's like a good good uh, background to have bef- before going into to a race like that. And uh, the Skibaba Racing School are also gonna prepare prepares uh, really good before the race so so i think i i think i have a chance it's gonna be hard when when we are up against such drivers as johnny Gwindy, uh, who won the last two seasons so he has a lot of experience uh, with the car but but i'm gonna try my best to to challenge him well, we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish in this championship. Of course, Mikael, before we let you go, where can people go to follow your career, both real world and virtual, as we look ahead to the season opener on May 27th, starting at the real world Lime Rock Park? Uh, they can go on Twitter, search for Mikael Garde uh, underscore easy. Also on Instagram, I'm, I'm posting some, some stories uh, sometimes. So, yeah. Well, Mikael, we want to say thank you for your time here on this episode of the iRacers Download, and we look forward to seeing you here in the Americas to compete in the Skip Barber Racing School or Skip Barber Formula Series that will be happening at the end of this month, and good luck to you as well. Thank you. That is Mikael God here on the iRacers Download. Coming up after the break, it is the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosby Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince-Taylor Burst with you along with the producer Richard Colbreth as it's time to break down the news of the week. And there has been some substantial news, Taylor, to say the very least, over the past few days across the iRacing service as many different aspects of the service 
look to get into full gear for their world championships in the next few months, while other parts of the globe look to join the iRacing's global portfolio. It certainly is. Let's talk about some of the new content that has just been kind of teased over this past week. First off, in the world of dirt racing, there was a beautiful news laser scan of one of the famous dirt tracks, and pretty much everybody was guessing, but no official confirms, but we have found out that it is actually going to be the Port Royal dirt track, of course, one of the famed tracks part of the World of Outlaws. World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Championship, and it's going to provide a lot of great opportunities, Justin, to add a new dirt track to that World Championship, given the fact of the new sponsorships that have happened with both CarQuest for the Sprint Cars and Butt Kicker for the Late Model Program. And it's a month that push for dirt track racing content that many users have been wanting to sink their teeth into, so to speak. It's great to see more tracks such as Port Royal make their way towards the service, and it's the question of who else will join them down the pipeline. I think many of the competitors, especially on that side of the service, want to be able to race at that facility, knowing a lot of its history and knowing it's good to have more variety in terms of the tracks you go to. It certainly is. And of course, it's going to provide a lot of great opportunities to see who of these other dirt tracks would come on board, as well as the possibility of other new world championships that could possibly come on board due to the fact of how popular the world of dirt racing has continued to grow over these past few years since dirt racing has been added to the iRacing service not that long ago. So it's interesting to see what will come of that as we progress forward on. From the dirt track racing world, we're going to go to the other side of the world as we talk about probably one of the most exciting Japanese tracks to be added on to the iRacing service. None other than Fuji Speedway is going to be coming later on in 2022 for its chance to have a shot in the world of iRacing, providing a great opportunity for some great racing action at Fuji, which provides a wide variety of different layouts and, of course, such historical value when it comes to sports car and open-wheel racing. Former home of the Japanese Grand Prix in particular when it comes to Fuji Speedway, and it's been longtime home of the Fuji Six Hours in the Rear World. And since its opening in 1965, it's put in some intense racing. It's had plenty of redesigns, including the internationally recognized designer Herman Tilke building in the current layout at 2.835 miles just a few years ago. The racetrack in particular, though, you have to consider, Taylor, has been one where fans have been craving this one, too, because when you think about the world stage and how many events happen across the globe, one of the major missing points on the road course scene was Fuji. When it comes to the Pacifics and Oceana in Asian re regions, this was one of the tracks where you really wanted to see it there because there is such a big prominence of it when it comes to racing on the road courses in that region. Now to see this track make its way forward, it, I think, is going to really intrigue some of those who are part of the fever pitch for the past couple of years, wanting to see that crave of the global representation. It certainly is, and it's going to provide a lot of great representation for that section of racing. Of course, we know we have several Japanese circuits here on the iRacing service already, most notably Okayama, Tsukuba, as well as Suzuka who were part of the original fans, and of course for Sakuba and Okayama, you can automatically use those tracks when it is automatically released when you join the iRacing service when you sign on. 
But, of course, it's great to see that track of Fuji. It's been a long time coming for that circuit. I mean, every single person who's been involved with sim racing has remembered racing on that track in some form or another, whether it be Gran Turismo or even Forza at one point. To be honest, I don't have too much memory in terms of racing there myself in those various platforms, despite my experience with those platforms. Usually more so went memory went to racing at the Fantasy Daytona slash Homestead mixture fantasy track in some cases. In all seriousness, though, I think this is huge to get this track in there with how important this will be down the line. And especially with tracks such as Sandow making their way to the service, too, and having official screenshots fully sent about two over the past few weeks and months. I think that's huge for many of the competitors to have that representation there, especially to open up more doors to, say, hold sim racing events there. It certainly is. And speaking of Sandown, we just got word of a brand new picture coming on the iRacing Twitter page. You can go check that out at iRacing's Twitter page, also at iRacing.com, and see some of the brand new pictures for the famed Sandown Raceway, which is going to be another great Australian circuit. We, of course, saw Winton added on this past season, but Sandown has been in the talks to be added on. Now the question is going to be when. Most likely, probably, we'll see it in Season 3, but it's still hashtag soon for our, our cases until we know for sure when they release the brand new 2022 season three plans to be released later on which will be uh, probably another six or five weeks at least and the interesting thing is what else will be coming because the main thing when you consider the middle portions of the year especially it seems around this time depending on the circumstance in the real world mind you Usually season two and season three, you have a lot of content coming in. So I think you'll have to keep your eyes peeled, to say the very least, and your ears peeled as well to the iRacers download with a lot of what's coming, especially with a lot of circuits making the way forward, a lot of different ways for drivers to keep up with the action, as well as various speed palaces making their way to the service, as we have alluded to just moments ago with the dirt side. It certainly is, Justin. I mean, if you think about it, out of all the circuits that iRacing has already announced, we will have now confirmed that at least not one or two, normally like we get maybe a build, but at least the possibility of maybe four to five different tracks released between now and the end of the 2022 calendar year, as well as the fact of a possibility of at least one, maybe two cars released between now and the end of 2022 as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what iRacing has in store with the rest of this calendar year with season three and season four later on this year. Of course, one of the big things I'm kind of hoping for is uh, hopefully we can maybe get a Portland added on or a St. Petersburg street circuit would be nice. I would have to say other than that, I mean, you're asking for some really great content here in the future. Funnily enough, I had that same exact thought yesterday in regards to those racetracks to open up the open wheel side of the platform in particular. Some of the other tracks that come to mind on top of that, though, you really think about a lot of the street circuits in general, like especially those in the world championship circuits in terms of Formula One, such as Abaku, or you throw in even some of the more localized street circuits, such as here it comes to mind, for example, for the Pinty series, or you come to mind with Toronto Street Circuit. Those will be big undertaking projects if they end up happening. But here's the thing. 
I, in the regard to Trois-Rivières, with so much history in that circuit, for example, on those streets, with such a picturesque landscape around it, my thought is saying, if you wanted to go that route, that's an open opportunity, right? Drivers would flock to it with how unique the racing can be at that Quebec-based circuit. Certainly does offer the opportunity for that, and it offers a great opportunity for some of these drivers to utilize that, as well as for iRacing, to consider utilizing those types of tracks here in the near future. But all we can do is hope and wait and see if that will happen. But of course, as we move on, we still have a couple of great championship events to come about. We have also to talk about the Word About Laws Butt Kicker Late Model Series Qualifying Series kicking off as they have just started their first race this past Tuesday night on May the 2nd, where they headed off to none other than Kokomo Speedway to kick the season off. And a bunch of great winners, at least 10 different winners, took home their first career wins in this championship. Currently, it is Jaden Krause who leads the championship standings as of now. It's going to be intriguing who qualifies their way in because I know based especially on seeing how many drivers from the late models jump to sprint cars to learn that side. That side of the platform for dirt racing is strong. Some of the top drivers are rooted in late model racing. Even some of the top drivers in the sprint car side of the service race more so in the late models in the real world with some of their experience and backgrounds and family connections. For the next few weeks, though, it's essentially an all-out fight to get yourself up there. Many of the drivers who competed in the past when the late model series was more prevalent around the start of the decade, really looking to make it back on in. I think you have to keep in mind some of those respective competitors. You also have to think about, too, how will this fare out for some of those looking to fight on in? Because there's not a lot of time to do so. You had a quick turnaround to do so. And there's a lot of tracks that could challenge competitors in this aspect. I-55, I think, is going to be the one intriguing one to me put a star next to because that's a new circuit for the iRacing service having its first pro qualifying appearance. I think that track is going to be one of the wild cards for some of the drivers looking to make their way in. Certainly is, and especially at being the halfway point of the champion of the qualifying series will be critical. Of course, currently right now, your top three in the point standings is Barrett Bishops, Damian Kiefer, and Jacob Harberts, Harbears, who is currently in third in that position. Next round of the World of Outlaws Late Model Butt Kicker Qualifying Series heads to Cedar Lake Speedway next Tuesday, or on, of course, none other than May the 9th. So just within a week's time. So this will go by very quickly compared to what we see with the Road to Pro Qualifying Series. Yeah, and with that quick turnaround, it's one of the staples for the dirt side in particular, so I think it absolutely would be nerve-wracking for some of the drivers to make their way in. One mistake, one bad race could take them out of the conversation completely to try and qualify their way in this season. You mentioned those point standings, for example, that really come into mind with some of the drivers. Harberts I'm curious about because he's more primarily an oval-based driver in his experience. But here are some of the others you need to watch for who are in that top 20. Not just Harberts, but yeah, Felix Roy making his run from the sprint cars. Had some good runs last year in there. He's trying to make his way forward. Also, very strong in pro trucks. Rowan Gray, the youngster with railroad experience, especially when it comes to racing in Tulsa, 14. Dylan Hauser, that's a special team type of car. He's 16th in the point standings looking to make a pro return. Zachary and Hardy, one of the drivers who's performed very well in some of the special events in these types of cars. He's in the hunt. Jacob Fields, 
Good experience for the car. He's ninth in the points. But most of the others inside that top 20 right now, to be quite honest, are drivers who are amongst that next wave who have gone really under the radar over the past couple years. And now we're getting their true shot to say, why can't it be me who wins a pro title? Bishop in particular, average start of fifth, average finish of first in his runs. He's led about 38 of the 48 laps he's turned in all his races combined so far. And he's somebody who has real world experience from Mount Holly, North Carolina. Mr. Excitement, based on some of his experience seen and the profile he's built up in the, on the service over the past few months in particular with his connections, has really showcased the potential of being Mr. Excitement at the top level. Well, we're going to find out to see how exciting it's going to be for this championship. But when we come back, we're going to take a break and talk about also what's to come here when it comes to all things here in the world of iRacing. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Barris here along with Justin Prince as we kind of preview what's to come in the world of iRacing as we have two world championships still getting ready to kick things off. Starting off with the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup as they make their way to none other than the green hell itself, the Nürburgring Nordschleife Combined Circuit, utilizing both the GP and the Nordschleife Circuit, kicking off on May the 7th. And Justin, this is going to be probably one of the most pivotal moments in the competition of this championship, given the fact of how difficult and technical this circuit is. The next six weeks in general, as talked about a bit last time out, as well with Zach Campbell, going to be really, really difficult. Because if you're some of the drivers in this series, you need to be able to prepare not just in terms of clean running conditions, but if you're stuck inside dirty air in the pack. Race track has so many possibilities where one bad lift, one bad corner, and you, your race ends up in the Armco barrier. In our words, for the championship favorites, Pinto, Ellis Jr., Job, Campbell, you cannot afford a bad run at that racetrack. You cannot afford that if you want to really become the 22, 22 title winner. Another thing to keep in mind also is the area of far as who will be returning when it comes to the 2023 World Championship with the Porsche Tag Quarry Esports Super Cup. Currently in the 20th position is Gianna Vescio, and then Julian Sonin is in 21st, separated by one point. Gianni has currently that 104, while Julian 103. Another 10 points back, you have Johan Harth in 22nd. In 19th, a three points ahead of Gianna is Peter Berryman, who was, of course, one of the well-known strong runners when it came to the Force Dynamic Delara World Championship that was part of last year's great championship run in the world of open wheel competition. But right now, he is certainly struggling in this championship with the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. For a few of the drivers in particular, it has been shocking some of the performances. Here's the thing when it comes to Julian Soren, keep in mind. He's got 51 laps led on his log. How well of performances does he have to show for it? One pull, one top 10. In our words, he's been amongst those who has done well in some of the qualifying, has had horrific luck. His average finish is 18th. So in terms of Julian, if he keeps himself clean at the Nürburgring, he might be amongst those able to push ahead into the top 20 by the end of the round. 
Vervecchio and Berryman in particular. I'm keeping an eye on that with how tight that's packed in. Johan Harf, I don't think you can count out fully, though, either, because Harf hasn't had the greatest of qualifying performances starting in the 20s throughout the campaign. He puts himself into a solid mid-pack position without getting himself in the bumping and baning runs that he has had a couple times. I put him in the conversation of thoughts too to quickly get up to that 20th spot. In other words, you have so many drivers closely within range of falling in and out of that mark as far back as 23rd to Matty Sipola. I don't think you can necessarily say, oh, this will be how this breaks down because some of these drivers have shown good speed throughout the season. It's just they haven't had the luck and consistency at every track to back it up. Certainly is, and we'll have to see who will come out on top when it comes to that next round. You can catch the action starting at 1.30 with the All-Stars, where the pros then take to the lead on the track at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, as we move on from that, we head on into the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, as well as the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series, round number one, as they both head to the Kansas Speedway this coming week, starting on May the 10th for the Coke Series, and then on May the 12th for the Road to Pro Qualifying Series. Justin, we got to talk briefly about the point situation for both the teams as well as the drivers, both those who are going to be returning for next season as well as those who are kind of on the outside looking in. Of course, Nick Ottinger, Steven Wilson, and Femi Olatbusen, your top three in the point standings. Ten drivers move on to the playoffs where currently Michael Conti holds 10th in the championship, but given the fact he does have those two wins, that guarantees him a slot inside the championship. So you have to look at someone such as Taylor Hurst, who sits ninth in the championship as of right now with 138 points over Michael Guest with 129. So about an 11-point lead for those who are looking to get into the playoffs. It's been difficult to break in via victories this season because of the dominance of Oninger and Conti. Two wins apiece amongst those six races with Wilson and Boson breaking on through as well. But you mentioned some of the drivers towards the very borders right now, looking at how things have broken down. You can throw drivers like Busa with good speed. Yes, he's got a top five for a reason. Graham Bolin, half the races he's been great in, in conversations for the wins in, half the races he's been towards the back with a demolished car. So a few of the drivers I think you can really expect to be amongst the championship fight are just showing a bit of streakiness. Here's who I'm thinking of outside of that top five. 10 right now though Mitchell DeYoung still in 14th he's not had a good sophomore season the sophomore slump kicking in Keegan Leahy tied now for 19th at the very bottom of the top 20 cutoff to try and make sure they are in by the end of the regular season and the postseason for the 2023 season the championship slump similar to that of Zach Novak in the past speaking of Novak just a position up he gained seven spots with how good his run was last time out in our words, some of the drivers really need, just are having the matter of getting consistency down, making sure they're not involved in the big ones, not involved in the massive ones, keeping their cars with the front clips on them by the end of lap 25. That has been a major challenge for some of these drivers this season, and it'll be interesting how the battles fare out at Kansas. Certainly is. Of course, a couple of other drivers who are kind of surprisingly outside of the top 20. Yes, it's still early on. We haven't reached the playoffs yet even, but still something to talk about. You have Rael Falla, who sits 29th. Parker Retzlaff, who was a strong competitor in road to pro qualifying, as well as the pro series. He sits in 30th position. 
But Sensei Salas, who was, of course, part of the class for 2021, picked up a win at Richmond Raceway last season. He sits in 27th. Briar LaPrade, who was also one of the new up-and-coming rookies a lot of people were talking about, sits in 25th position. So tough break for a lot of these drivers who are looking to see if they can have what it takes to make their way back into the top 20 to even return or if they're going to have to fight their way through the contender series at the end of the year. And keep in mind, some of the drivers, too, will have a unique challenge for Kansas because three of the four drivers who will be taking part in a first when it comes to eNASCAR competition, the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Pro Battle at the Charlotte Phoenix facility in Charlotte, North Carolina, Carolina eSports Hub, are in that top 20 in points and are trying to join that conversation for the playoffs. LaPrat is one of those looking to power his way ahead there, so there's a little bit of that extra pressure there, too, with the Junior Motorsports Charlotte Phoenix battle to consider, too, when it comes to that race coming up. You certainly can catch all the action starting at 8.30 with Countdown at Green, followed by the race itself at 9 p.m. on all of iRacing and NASCAR's streaming services on Tuesday, May the 10th. Move on a little further, though, to the Road to Pro Qualifying Series. Round number one still going strong as we are just one race, two races away before we find out our top 70. We have Kansas and Charlotte next on the list. And we got to take a look at that bottom 70. Currently, right now, if we look from the 65th position to 75th position, it's a very, very tight points gap indeed to where it could swing the balance between those 10 drivers one way or another. Currently, the coveted 70th position is held by Justin Nasir from Canada, who holds that spot with just about less than a 10-point advantage over Kyler Wynn also in 71st, but also is about three points back from Dalton Cowden, who sits in 69th. Justin Azir, I think, is someone who I expected a little bit higher based on his technical alliance points that were learned throughout the past year, especially. So I expect him to maybe go a little higher. It's just been the tough thing of not finishing mid-pack, and that's the challenge, right, With depending on what splits you're in. If you're amongst the top splits and you're mid-pack in those races, it's difficult to build up some of the points, but it is potentially more valuable to some compared to, say, the fifth split top five point tally. There's a lot to consider there. Here's the thing, too, when it comes to those drivers on the knocking step to get in. Michael Gonzalez, he showed good speed in his time of the service. He's 72nd. Daniel Falkingham, the legend from Sim 500, 73rd. Nate Stewart, Nate Stewart, of course, being Nate Stewart in 74th. He's also looking to get himself clean runs. He's got good backing technical alliance-wise. There's a lot of good strength right on the doorstep of that top 70. And looking at drivers like not just Nazir, but Cowden, like Hunt, like Milam, like Trevor Perry, who's quietly gotten top two top fives. There's a lot of drivers amongst that conversation where, as long as they keep it clean, they're right there to leech up, jump up, and leap inside the top 70 especially with some of the drivers who are looking to make sure they don't have that slide with just a couple races to go to make sure they're in that top 70. And we'll see how that will fare for these drivers as we see drivers such as Septa Merchant, Brandon McKistick, Dalton Collins, Tucker Benter, and Daniel Eberhard, who are currently in the top five in the point standings, battle it out at Kansas on May the 12th, starting at 9 p.m. You can catch all the action across many different platforms on Twitch or YouTube.com. With that, it is time that we come to a close. For our special guest, Mikhail Gade, or Mikhail God, I'm Taylor Burris. 
Of course, my co-host tonight, Justin Prince, as always, and our producer, Richard Colbreth. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. 